Hey guys, it's Annika and Jude, and we are back with another episode of The Truth of Youth. Today's episode is definitely a more serious and sensitive topic, so we wanted to preface this um, with that before you continue listening. And before we get into today's episode and like what it's going to entail, Jude, it's been a little bit, so how are you? I'm good. I am doing a lot of rowing. I'm training in the mornings now because I'm going to nationals, subtle flex. No, just kidding. Um, I had a, my grandparents are here from England, which has been really nice. And I went on like a little lunch date with my friend, which was fun. Like I do recommend if you can like going to like your local supermarket and just getting some like stuff to eat and then taking it for a picnic. It's really fun. Hmm. What about you, Annika? Um, yeah, not much. Winding down end of the school year. We have like two weeks left and I just finished my softball season. So gonna get home in a normal time so finally I can kind of just focus on school for a little bit but everything's winding down so I'm not too stressed right now so yeah things are going well I'm glad that we're um, gonna get to release this somewhat on time this week and yeah and before we get started should we really quickly do our card of the day Annika I think so um okay this one's interesting how can someone completely lose your respect Okay, I actually have mine. So people lose my respect when they're disrespectful to like other people, which I know. <laughs> people lose your respect when they're disrespectful. To other people, like not to me. You're going to be disrespectful to me. That's one thing I can kind of take that. But like when people are blatantly disrespectful to like teachers or like people in authority, that's when they lose my respect. I don't like people like that. I don't like people who make offensive jokes and think they're funny and then will like laugh at themselves and I'll be like, you really thought you ate? No. Which you know, I just realized the question was, the question was, um, how does somebody lose your respect? And we both just talked about types of people who we hate. So we kind of went in a different direction. That's um, okay. I'm keeping this in. Yeah, we both just, it's the same thing. Um, okay. So. Um, yeah. But before we keep going, I want to mention that we did have a winner of our giveaway. So congrats to Julia for correctly identifying our key phrase. And we spun a wheel of everyone who entered and then they were randomly selected. So she will be winning a gift card and candy. Um, so yeah, hopefully, I think that giveaway was pretty successful. Um, hopefully we'll get to do more in the future. And yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So for today's episode, we're going to be discussing the truth of transgender athletes. Um, and as Jude kind of mentioned earlier, this is a pretty controversial topic and we're going to try and be really sensitive. So we're both going to be exploring all sides of the argument rather than just one so that, you know, everyone's opinions can kind of be laid out and heard. Yes. Okay. So with that, Annika, are you ready to get started? Yep, Jude, let's do it. So today's three truth of today questions are structured a little bit differently. We're going to have three different sections and within each one, we're going to bring up some examples and kind of discuss our opinions on the matter. So for our three sections today, which again, we're going to be exploring the truth of transgender athletes, we're going to be talking about biological advantages, safety and sports culture. So the first one, just in chronological order, let's start with biological advantages. 
I think that there's so much to say. I mean, this is definitely the main thing people think of when they think of, oh, like transgender athletes should not be in the same, like on the same team or competing against cisgender athletes. This is the first thing people think of. But Judah, I know you had started saying something. So you go first. Well, I was actually, the funny thing is, is like you, I see that you wrote this down and this is actually something that I was going to talk about because I've been seeing news about it recently, which is Leah Thomas, which you go ahead because you put it down, but I just think it was, it's a good thing to start on. Yeah, so I think that it's been circulating around the news a lot, but I think we should definitely just give a little bit of background. So Leah Thomas is a transgender female, um, and she is a swimmer. And just for some background information, I guess you should say, um, Leah Thomas went from being ranked 462 in men's swimming to number one in women's swimming. So this statistic alone, this number set like a lot of people got very, you know, distraught about this because this kind of really illustrates kind of the unfairness in this because she's going from, you know, a still a great, obviously, swimmer. She's swimming in college. That's very impressive to being ranked number one and beating out every other um, cisgender women in um, swimming. So that's kind of what sparked it. So that's just for some background in case people were not following. Um, but go ahead, Jude. And I think, obviously, like, I don't even know, I... I mean, in, I feel like for us, Annika, it's not really like a super, like, this isn't something that has particularly affected me. Like, I don't think within our school or the things that, or the sports that we play, this is something that we've come across. Or like, I guess it's, I feel like the issue often lies more with transgender women than it does with men. Just from like the news I've read, that's not like, I'm not saying that there might not be other issues but I feel like that's definitely more what I have seen with like reading news and seeing the controversies around this and so I just think it's interesting how that is how that's like one thing but also just how like we personally don't experience it that much so I feel like in some respects it is quite it's it's like a, a not a small issue but a niche issue in terms of the fact that like it's like one very particular thing that it's but I think that that shows how maybe it could be an issue because it's like you do have um Leah Thomas who is going from like a much lower ranking to like number one and I think it really does say something about sort of like there being some unfairness to 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 it because there are definitely like you know biological like as we're talking about biological advantages to being genetically like having genet being genetically like male is in obviously Leah Thomas is a woman and that you know I don't think anyone should be able to disrespect that or denounce that or like use that as a weapon against her because it's not something that should be used but you know it's it's not like you know we're spitting out some sort of like oh this is it's not made up like you know I think that it, you could definitely think about the phrase like you because something that I would always ask my mom about when I was like younger was oh like why is the phrase like never hit a woman and like and it doesn't really say like never hit a man you know what I'm saying yeah I think it sort of comes back to the fact that just like genetically men and people maybe possibly with like you know male the male genome do have like are stronger get stronger more easily 
you know, just like that is a big part of the difference when you think about biological sex. Yeah. And I mean, one thing for, so I was doing some research about like what the NCAA and like everyone, what the regulations are with transgender athletes and when they can compete. And the rule for transgender females, if they want to be playing in competitive sports, is that they have to be taking testosterone suppressors for a certain number of years. I believe it was two years. So yes, Leah Thomas is on testosterone suppressors. And basically these suppressors, they obviously have effects on hormones and it can cause a loss of muscle mass. So Leah Thomas is definitely performing, um, like she's having, her swim times are definitely slower versus from when she was a, um, when she identified as being a man. Um, so they are slower, but they're still significantly faster than every other, you know, cisgender women. So that's something important to know, but yes, testosterone suppressors, as we, as I just mentioned, cause a loss of mu- muscle mass. But I think that Jude and I, like, yes, we've only taken an intro bio course, but there are a lot of just biological differences between men and women that testosterone suppressors aren't going to like do anything about like just think about like a narrower pelvis they have more densely packed muscle fibers and then also like organ wise like their hearts um are different sizes women have smaller hearts and then men have um a much higher lung capacity and hormones or any type of suppressors are not going to affect the size of your heart or your lung capacity or your pelvis size so all of these things contribute to making men typically faster and able to get stronger much easier and I don't think that's like at all sexist to say I think that that's just a biological fact and I think that's completely why I I do understand why people are saying it's very unfair for Leah Thomas to suddenly be competing competing with cisgender women and then you know the person who's ranked number two in the world used to be number one but now they're being outperformed by somebody who does have physical advantages. And I think I can put myself in that person's shoes and be like, there's nothing I can do about that. I'm performing to the best I possibly can, but somebody has advantages over me and I can't do anything about that. And I completely understand that, but obviously we want to be sensitive to this issue. I think we talked about before, we're going to look at both sides of the argument. And I think an important thing to mention is how that could impact Leah Thomas's identity because she completely identifies as being a woman. She is, it would be really harmful, I think, to her identity to be like, okay, even though you identify with being a woman because of your anatomy, you need to, you know, either not, you're either not allowed to play or to um, swim for a women's team or you have to swim for a men's team. Like how harmful would that be to your identity? And I think that brings up a really good point. It's like, I don't think that it's, it's, it's like, such a small percentage of athletes like are transgender female athletes like as in like I'm not saying that like oh like the 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 trans community doesn't have athletes what I'm saying is like proportionally to like everyone like the the like the the chance that someone becomes like an athlete and that's like their career is so low and and I and you know that's lowered even more when you think about like a transgender woman being an athlete like you know these are small this is such a small percentage of people that it's not like there is just like oh well let's create another league for this certain exactly. it's like there's no it there's not like a a good solution to it necessarily like it definitely is an issue and I think it's important that as 
a group we appreciate that it is an issue for a lot of people in different ways one of them being like you know like a person's identity and the other being physical advantages over other women and so I just think that there's like you know it's it's really hard to find what someone might consider like a fair solution and something that really ends with everyone happy because at the current moment there's really no way of like making that happen I feel like there's not really like a this is good for everyone and everyone's going to emerge from this happy sort of like yeah I think generally we try and please the most amount of people we try and please the majority and in this situation like you just mentioned the transgender athletes are not in the majority um and, but that being said, yeah, it's like two sides, you know, you're either, since we're kind of unable to create like a transgender team, just because there's not an abundance of transgender athletes who make it to that level, you're either having a transgender athlete compete on a team in which they don't identify with that gender, which can be definitely really harmful to their identity, or you're having them compete on a team which, you know, would support their identity, that's who they um, resonate with. Yeah, it's at a disadvantage to every other person who's competing against them or with them. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, like you said, you can't please everyone. But in this case, I do think you really need to keep in mind who the majority of the people are. And while it's awful that um, people like Leah Thomas, women like Leah Thomas are being denied, you know, the right to compete in sports like swimming, um, because they're transgender, I also completely understand that there are just innate physical disadvantages. And I was I was watching a video and this woman was like, yeah, but in every sport, even if it's just a, a bunch of cisgender women, there are different advantages and like disadvantages due to your biology. Everyone has different like biological advantages. You know, maybe one person has asthma and another, another person doesn't. But that's, I think that's just completely different. Like there's like a whole thing about how men and women, like this is a stupid example, but it, you know, speaks to a larger point. Like it takes, it's very, very difficult for women to get abs, but for a man, if they are consistent about it, it can actually happen, you know, not easily. I don't want to, you know, yeah. in, in a mean way, of course, it's a very respectful accomplishment, but like, it's a small example, but just like, in terms of like gen- being a genetical male, the amount of physical advantages you have just in ter- solely in terms of physical, like physicality, just in terms of strength and also in terms of speed. That's why you see Olympic times that you're going to see men's mile times being significantly faster than women's, not because women don't work as hard, but because physically they don't have the same makeup as men. So in my opinion, obviously we discussed both sides, but in my opinion, I would have to say that I think it is unfair. And I, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, this is an issue that isn't as, like, personal to me in many ways, but I think it is like a, there is definitely a majority in this situation and I think that oftentimes that the 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 idea of it being a majority is somewhat discarded and somewhat like and like the disregard to that this is you know putting a biological woman who is now number two or like is put into second place because someone who just like not to any fault of their own it's not like this is something malicious it's just like the way that life is just happens to be transgender and just you know it's i you know it's not like people are choosing to have biological advance um advantages like that's not like that's not like a, oh i'm going to you know this the reason i do this sport is because such and such you know what i'm saying and i just think yeah. that but there is definitely like you know like 
women work extremely hard to get where they are. And I think that it says a lot that someone is number one and is immediately put into number two by someone who was previously much lower down in a different, in a men's league. Yeah, I agree. All right. So that kind of wraps up that question. I know that's kind of like the big question in terms of this topic, but we do want to talk about some other things. And obviously I'm hoping that I think we were pretty respectful about that topic. I hope we were sensitive. Um, and like, obviously I think we can both, we both understand both sides of the argument. It's just like, I think both of us have um, a distinct opinion. Um, so for our next topic, it is safety. And when I was thinking about safety, I also originally saw this video on TikTok and then I looked it up because obviously, I mean, TikTok. Can't have TikTok be my only source, but it did get it did uh, give me the idea. So, the first thing we can think about is um, transgender um, females playing against cisgender males. I mean, cisgender females or um, transgender males playing with uh, cisgender males. I think both of those um, both of those situations have um, safety risks. So. This specific one that we're going to talk about, um, it was a situation in North Carolina, and there was a cisgender girl named Peyton McNabb, and she was on a volleyball team. This was high school. Keep in mind, this is not professional. And she was hit by a ball by a transgender female, and the transgender female spiked the ball at her face, and Peyton ended up having a concussion and neck injuries. So basically what happened is that... Um, the North Carolina Senate um, passed the Fairness in Women's Sports Act, um, which basically says that transgender females are not allowed to compete in school sports with cisgender females. So this incident did, you know, have a direct impact on, um, you know, a major kind of, uh, I mean, it, it did impact, I mean, it, it went to the North Carolina Senate. This was a big deal. So I think the big question here is, is that something that we can just disregard? I mean, I, when I, I know, like I just talked about how TikTok isn't def, like always the most reliable sort, uh, source, but when I was looking in the comment section, it was filled with being, people being like, yeah, but she would have gotten hit if it was a cisgender female who spiked the ball at her. Like you're putting yourself at risk no matter what, if you play volleyball, like it doesn't matter. You're putting yourself like you're, you're in a position where you're accepting the fact that you could get hit by a ball. And I personally had an issue with this because Yes, whatever sport you play, you're putting yourself at risk. It doesn't matter if it's like something deemed non-contact. You can get injured in so many ways by other people. But this kind of goes back to our physical advantages point. A ball spiked by a cisgender female is not going to be the same as a ball spiked by a transgender female, just in terms of the strength. And while I completely sympathize once again with the transgender female, because of course you want to be able to play in a sport with people who you identify with, I do think that this posed a significantly um, harmful like safety impact on um, Peyton McNabb. And I obviously we don't know what would have happened if it was a cisgender female who spiked the ball at her face. Maybe she would have had the same injuries. Maybe she wouldn't have. But just based on what we know about biological advantages, all I can say is that I think the fact that um, the transgender female did was, you know, biological. I, I really don't like saying biologically male because I feel like that does kind of take away from their identity and that's obviously not the intent but I do think that that has an effect yeah and I mean I think it's important to say that this is not like a rampant 
like thing that's happening it's not like there's this this it's like you know people are it's like it's it's a small it's like a a small number not that it's not a a relevant issue but like i also think that because it's like this happened this once it's hard to say whether it's related yes it was spiked by a transgender athlete and a cis woman got hurt but is that it's it's like you know this is an instance of that there have been many volleyball injuries from things like that and i obviously it's like it's being pumped up to bigger levels because it's a pretty intense um injury and it's got like the relevant issue of transgender women in sports in it and so i think it's important to also reference the fact that that means that it is definitely going to be not blown out of proportion but a lot more like it's going to be like you know you're not going to see like people someone say oh like in a girl's soccer match in Missouri this girl got a broken ankle just during her high school soccer match and it doesn't include any controversy other than that someone not it doesn't include any controversy someone just got hot you know what I'm saying so I think that there is definitely a point to which it's been it's being put given to us as news no no I mean okay your first point about the fact that it was completely exacerbated because of the specific circumstance like the few instances when a cisgender woman is injured by a transgender female that obviously that's gonna like you said be I don't want to yeah you're right I don't want to say blown out of proportion because that invalidates the severity of the issue and I do think that is a very relevant issue it's just it's going to be spread like wildfire because it plays into this issue where people have very very polar stances and I really don't think that anyone can reach a middle ground or find an agreement so it is going to be blown up like you said and I mean I think I I understand why the North Carolina Senate would pass this um, pass this act, um, the Women's Sports Act, um, the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. Sorry, and I think it's the kind of thing where okay, it happens once, you don't want it to happen again. This shouldn't be the thing where like we need it to happen twice for us to suddenly pass an act. Like that shouldn't be the case. So I I understand why it happened. Like okay, we're gonna, it happened, you know, it might have happened more than one time, but you know, it happened once where it was really blown up by by the media. Why is this going to keep going? Like, we shouldn't just like, have this continue. And then once it gets to a very, very severe point, that's when we start making some change. I think that you have to act on these things while they're coming in, and you need to stop them before they get to a level where it's like, there's so much of this happening, so many people are getting injured, what are we going to do? And yes, I know, it's not going to be like hundreds of people, because there are not that many um, transgender athletes, even in college. I mean, it's not like some, you're not going to see a population where the majority of people are transgender. That's just not where we are in society right now. But still, I mean, I think more and more as we develop as a society, especially as like a country, um, it's becoming more normalized definitely than it was like a couple years ago. Um, definitely still so much transphobia present, but it's becoming more normalized. So as more and more people start transitioning, um, this could be a a very prevalent issue. Yeah, and I just like, I feel like it's so complicated and it's so, it's almost like the numbers just work against everyone in some ways, if you understand my meaning. Like, 
just like the number of trans athletes makes it really hard to say here we're going to make you with this league that will make it more fair to both you and and these women and just that then also when you have like these small numbers of trans women in these sports it's it's just like you know you wish you could it's you wish you could make something work but it just like there's no the 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 proportionality of like everyone to everything it just it makes it very complicated and very hard to make it work for everyone and so you know it does say is that are these people at risk because of this it's also hard to say because it's like you know for example when you're when we do like a chemistry lab not that this is an experiment you you try and do something and you try to get the right numbers and things like that and you try to work something out but it's like we don't have the right proportions of everything to make it work Mm -hmm. so I just think that it's hard to say is this a safety risk when we really just don't almost we don't even really have the data to to really say anything concretely we don't have the data, but I think the issue would be if we did have the data, then we've gone too far. If we have enough numbers to show that this is an issue, that means that we have a lot of instances where this has happened. And I think that's already a problem. Like if we have enough to make a little pie chart or like a graph showing this, I think that we've reached a moment where it's like, okay, this is like a safety risk and like we shouldn't have let it, let it get here. But I do understand your point that like- But at the same, uh, to your to your same idea, then we get the data that oh maybe this isn't as much as a in terms of safety this is purely not in terms of like mm-hmm. times and things like that oh is this an issue in terms of safety maybe not and like the other thing that is important to mention is is it safe to have transgender men in certain sports especially like physical ones like hockey and things like that like possibly but isn't also that physical sports and any sport poses some risk physically and I think that's important to mention and I just think that when there is injury and it does include anyone who is not cis in it it, there's it's going to be really blown up in the media and it's going to be reported on it's going to be talked about to a degree that will make it just by connotation feel bigger than maybe when you realize it's one instance and this is like of thousands yeah and then like going so I was thinking about specifically from what I've heard about our schools and the surrounding schools um if you do have transgender athletes I'm pretty sure the rule is if you are taking testosterone if you're a transgender male you're taking testosterone you're allowed to play on the men's team if you are a transgender male but you are not taking any hormones um then you do have to play on the women's team this is for high school um just out of you know concern for safety but then again that brings up the point where if you're a transgender male um let's say you really want to play on a girl's team because that feels invalidating to your identity yeah it sounds it just doesn't it feels like it doesn't work out for anyone no that seems it just feels it feels wrong to make them do that and then at the same time if they even if they are taking testosterone that's not suddenly going to make them like bulk enough to bear like the burden of like a 250 pound guy on the hockey team like chucking them into the sideboard like that's dangerous too but then again like you said if you sign up for hockey you kind of know that you're gonna get a little I don't want to say you're gonna get hurt but that's like the type of sport where okay you gotta be okay with getting a little bit roughed up yeah 
And I feel like that definitely, I, I, I would say that's a pretty good summarization of the issue. Like, I just think that it's a good issue to talk on because also you have to really think about it because as of right now, we don't have a solution. But another point, which was your third point to mention, is the culture around it. Yeah. Because I definitely think that this issue has been weaponized and I don't think that's okay because I don't, yes, it's, for example, with Leah Thomas, it is frustrating for a woman who worked herself to number one to get beaten and to be put in number two and by a margin which seems un- which seems unfair, like that is. But at the same time, I don't think that that should be used as a weapon to to use against the trans community as a whole, which I feel like it often is. Because when people talk about that community, they often mention, oh, like this, this and this and in sports. And it's like, that's not everyone. And I don't think that it's fair to generalize in such a way. But sure. it's, I, I don't know about you, but I've just noticed that as a common trend. Well, yeah. So like you just mentioned, our third topic and our last one is culture. And the reason I put this one down is because you know, I keep saying I see these things on TikTok, but you know, TikTok does provide a lot of information, which then you can use to obviously check your sources. Um, don't just trust TikTok. But it was an interview between um, this guy and uh, a swimmer named Riley Gaines, and she was assistant in women swim in college, yeah. and she um, was in a competition competition against Leah Thomas, and they actually ended with the same time, which. Huge props to Riley for getting that time. That's very, very impressive, obviously. Um, and they there was like a trophy given out or a medal given out to first place. And they actually gave it to Leah instead of Riley because they said, oh, it looks better for the pictures, you know, for like the media, yada, yada, yada. Like it just, it looks better if we give it to the transgender female instead of the cisgender female. And this is the type of culture that I'm talking about. Like, like you said, yes, there are instances where like things are being generalized against the whole trans community, which is unfair. But then there's also moments where cisgender women are also being treated. I don't want to say treated unfairly because I mean that is a treated that is being treated unfairly. Yeah, and obviously it's I don't not like know. a consistent thing. Like yeah. I don't think that it happens a lot, but like that's almost an example of like also the an issue you could you almost say with cancel culture it being like people feeling like oh we need to appear this way to the woke to the woke quotation marks yeah. if you know media like that is it makes it it's just like that's kind of stupid like you didn't have to give it to one person you could have given it to both of them and yeah you know waited until you got a second trophy and given one to each or just like had to have them hold it together and then take the picture so i had an issue with that but obviously I don't want to say that transgender women, I mean, cisgender women in general are treated unfairly because in the grand scheme of things, obviously transgender women face much, much more like discrimination and just in, yeah, in general. So I want to make that very, very clear. Um, but in this specific instance, this time, um, I thought that was pretty impactful and also a little bit disheartening to hear because there were so many ways to avoid that. And they really were just doing what would please the media or, you know, like you said, the woke people of our generation. And then the other thing, um, but my second point in this culture topic was again with Leah Thomas, because she is uh, kind of like the big person who people talk about with this issue, is that this was again with Riley, she was doing an interview and she said that all the swimmers were in the locker room getting changed. And like, just, I guess, swimmer culture, it's normal to like just get on just completely like in front of everyone because it doesn't really matter. 
but Leah Thomas also got undressed there and she has not had um surgery yet um so she was naked with the cisgender women and apparently a lot of the cisgender women felt really uncomfortable because they hadn't expected this and they hadn't consented to this so I was curious about your opinion on this issue because I've been struggling to kind of form one I mean I don't spend a lot of time in locker rooms actually what a lie I do but I don't spend a lot of time in locker rooms where people feel get completely naked which is why I've never really been in a culture where people get completely naked in a locker room and whether it was a man or a woman for me still I kind of get uncomfortable I mean I'm also like a teenager and like that such you know like yeah but I don't even know I can understand it being kind of not just I feel like disturbing is extreme in a way because disturbing makes it sort of like disturbing has a lot of other sort of like meaning yeah. I would say but definitely unsettling just because I feel like you as a society you wouldn't associate being in a woman's locker room and seeing that yeah so I mean there's a definite sort of like even though it's not like obviously it's not like oh they're saying oh there's like a man in the locker room with us that's not what they're saying but it's like also like there's you know men are a lot of men uh, do terrible things and there's definitely like a degree to which you would want a locker room to feel like a safe space and it's just like a uh a trigger reaction to seeing that like I'm sure that that's all, all a degree to maybe what it is as well I really don't think it was anything personal against Leah Thomas and I really don't think it was anything like them viewing her as a man or anything of the sort. I think it's the fact that she has male genitalia, which is completely respectable. Some people never get um, reassignment surgery. That's completely personal preference. And I do feel bad because, you know, there is like a kind of locker room camaraderie between teams as as I've experienced. Um, And the fact that Leah maybe won't be able to get in on that is upsetting. But at the same time, like somebody compared it to transgender females going into a female bathroom and I think that's pretty different because those are individual stalls you never actually have to see or interact with anybody when they're in like when they don't have clothes on but in a locker room just like the way it kind of works as I've seen or as I've um heard about from Riley as she's doing this podcast interview is that like it's just normal like people just kind of take off their clothes and it's kind of like a safe space when people were comparing to the bathroom I think the bathroom is definitely more of a private space versus just locker room culture people get undressed more freely And I understand um, kind of a little bit of the discomfort, but I also, you have to think about how Leah Thomas is feeling because it's, I think it's important that she's able to, um, you know, be a part of that in like the female locker room instead of either being isolated by herself and like a gender neutral one or being put with the men. I think those are both really harmful. Um, And then again, I kind of guess that brings us back to the point of who is it affecting the most, like the majority of the people. And I guess it is in this case, the cisgender female swimmers. And you obviously do want to have to keep, you have to keep their best interests in mind. If they feel uncomfortable, like that's very, very important as well. So I'm a little bit conflicted on this issue. I was having a hard time like forming a kind of cohesive or coherent opinion when I was writing down this, uh, this question. But I think after like kind of saying it all out, I would say, 
you do have to do what's best for the majority of the people. And especially when it's something serious like this and they're saying that they are uncomfortable. Um, yes, maybe like for some of them, maybe there's a bit of transphobia in that. For some of them, maybe it's not. Maybe they are just really feeling uncomfortable in the presence of male genitalia in what used to be a safe space. Um, so in that situation, I, I'd probably say I would kind of agree with the opinion of the female um, cisgender swimmers, but obviously there's like, it's a very conflicting situation. Yeah. And I think that's a good point to end on because it's really hard to fully sum up an argument that is ongoing as well. Yeah. There's so much more happening. Like these stories have been pretty recent. um, So there's going to be more and more to come. And I know this was definitely like a harder episode to one plan and to film and, um, and speak about just because obviously want to be super respectful, don't want to say anything that crosses a line, but then we also want to express our opinions honestly and truthfully without, you know, suppressing them and fear of what um, other people will think. So I think that's also just like a good lesson in general that like, it's okay to express your opinion as long as you do it respectfully. Um, which I think, in my opinion, Jude, I think that we successfully accomplished for this episode. I know it was very different from the truth at the end of the school year, but I still think that it's an important thing to talk about. I've personally been hesitating to do an episode on this just out of fear, you know, like, oh gosh, how are you going to do this? But I'm glad we did it. I think it was successful. I'm glad we talked about this. Um, And yeah, we will definitely have an episode in two weeks. Yes. And yeah, I just think that it's also, please... Tell us if you think that we have said anything that... Yeah, we definitely want to... If anyone feels like we crossed the line, of course, we want to have everyone's best interest in mind. And it would be our, like, our pleasure to go back and you know cut something or change anything or clarify our opinions. Because like we said, it was the same with like the truth of the LGBTQ plus community. Like, we want to make sure that everyone is being completely heard and understood. So that's a great note to end on. you glad you said that. Um, and yeah, we will be back with another episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye guys. Mm-hmm.